Now this is what we expected from the world champs. It validates all the hard work when we're trying to get here that these guys put in and the consistency in their work and their play. Welcome to the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black. Justin Toscano is on assignment today, which uh, really means he's got the weekend off. But the one and only Gabe Burns is here to fill in from Truist Park. And uh, who needs Justin? Uh, Gabe, when the Braves have won 11 in a row. Yeah, uh, good to be back on uh, on this show. It's like old times again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was out here this weekend uh, kind of taking in what uh, looks like a lot, lot more like the Braves from last October and not from kind of what we saw to open this season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they look like the team we expected. They're rolling. All of a sudden, it you know, it once looked like the Mets were going to kind of run away with this thing. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like we're going to have a really fun race uh, through the summer, which, I mean, honestly, I think most of us assumed that this Braves team would get rolling at some point. I don't think we probably expected it to be just reeling off 11 consecutive wins, but they're playing teams that they should beat, and they're doing it, and uh, and they've looked really good doing it. All right, so coming up, we'll dig into how this 11-game winning streak has reshaped the NL East. We'll also look at the ingredients to this incredible run, plus some high praise from Brian Snitker for his superstar, why the Braves may really be able to run up the score this week, and we will dig into the Braves Report mailbag. The Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, Gabe, last time we had you on, we were joined by longtime AJC reporter Tim Tucker. And we asked him, you know, do you really believe in this thing where there's like the moment in time that changes the season? And with all his years of experience, he said no. Well, I offer the jury uh, now this rebuttal. At 1.22 a.m. on Wednesday, June 1st, Gabe Burns, at Gabe Burns AJC, tweets, the Braves should be better than this. Maybe they'll turn it around, but it's been 50 games. They're 23 and 27, 10 and a half out. To state the obvious, this team is a major disappointment right now. Since that tweet, since that moment in time, the Braves have not lost since. They have won 11 in a row. So, Gabe, uh, what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, well, somebody had to step in and fix it. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know, that was they were in Arizona. You know, I was watching. Uh, I caught the, a good last bit of that game. It was It was messy, and there was no way around it. This team was nowhere close to its potential. Uh, guys were underperforming. It was just, it was a, certainly a frustrating start for them. And what they have done here, and we, we'll get into it, I'm sure. People are going to kind of knock it a little bit because of who they're playing. I understand that, but you're not going to be playing the Dodgers and Padres every single game. Okay? Like, they're playing teams that they should beat, and they're beating them. And they're doing it in a variety of different ways. They're shutting them down, they're slugging them, they're, they're coming back for wins. Uh, they won. They won a couple extra inning games. Uh, th- this it's a team that you know. It sounds kind of corny, but it's a team with heart, uh, which we knew already. Duh. Uh, we've seen it over the last few years, and to win a World Series. So they finally look like themselves again, and I'm sure that they'll hit another rut at some point, and you know people are going to freak out. But this is much closer to the team that they are and the team that they expected to be than the way that they performed up to this point. 
obviously they have played a lot of drift and a lot of last place teams in the last week and a half, but you really do feel strongly, okay, they've they've turned the quarter now and this is kind of what we thought we'd see. Yeah, I I, I mean, I think people should feel that way. Uh, again, they're not <laughs> they're not going to win their next 100 games or whatever, but it does feel like this thing has finally gotten going, and we see this with teams uh, every single year that kind of start out mediocre. And again, the it's not like the bottom ever, you know, fell out with this team. I mean, yeah, you were ten and a half back, but I mean that's also largely a credit to the Mets, who, you know, have the best record or one of the best records in the NL. So, and now that they have, you know, they've cooled off a little bit, and the Braves have caught fire, and you see how quickly things can change. This is a really long season, and everybody knows that. Um, having, you know, been on the, I was on the beat for essentially like four and a half years. Uh, you really see how long it can be. Uh, but I mean, things can really change. You know, you see what's happened with Anaheim and what what happened with the Angels. You you know, everything was good. They were twenty seven and seventeen. All of a sudden, you know, fourteen straight losses. Your manager's fired. Um, during that run, like I mean, and you're you know you're eight and a half games behind Houston at that point. It's, you're, it's a mess, and that's totally different from where they were in basically a couple weeks' time. So we're seeing it with the Braves now. This Mets team is really freaking good, but that ten and a half turned into five quickly, and we'll see what happens tonight. But you know, if they lose, it could be you know at that point four and a half. Um, so regardless. The fact that they closed the gap this quickly, it's just there's a there's a long way to go. Uh, and I, I think this is going to be a really close race and it's going to come down to late September. There's Brian Snedker on what this means. They can't do harm, I know that. And it's just, I think, validates all, you know, it does, I think it validates all the hard work when we're trying to get here that these guys put in and the consistency in their work and their play and how they show up to play every day. And it doesn't differ. Well, they're, they're doing the same thing now as they did you know, when we lost five, you know, they're, they're not going to ever change that, you know, and the outcome of the game is, gonna, is not going to determine how they come in and approach this the next day. These guys are so consistent in their work and, and the energy and everything that they play the game in. And, you know, if they win the game, it's, you know, that's great. They want to, they're all, that's why they're playing and why they're playing so hard. And, but you know what, when they lose, they're going to go out and play hard the next day too. So I just think it's a testament to the guys and, and how consistent they've been from day one. This is the Braves' longest winning streak in nine years. What's been the biggest change you've seen over the last couple of weeks? Honestly, it's just things clicking. You know, it, it felt like for a while, if one area of the team was strong, the other area would, you know, falter and, I mean, we know how good the bullpen has been, but it just seems like everything's kind of coming together. You've got a guy like Adam Duvall who was, you know, really basically a mess to start the season, and now you see the way that, you know, he's performed over the last week. You see Ozzy Albies, whose power was, like, gone, strangely, and now he's all of a sudden, you know, he discovered, I think, two homers in the last four or five games for him. And there's just a lot that's – it's just coming together. They look cohesive. Um, they're figuring out ways to win, uh, which is, you know, obviously that's, that's not a statistic besides the actual wins, but you're just seeing a team that even when they're down, they can just figure it out. So overall, uh, you know, the frustrating nature of the team early on, the sloppiness, I mean, we saw that obviously in Arizona, how sloppy this team was. And now that they're cleaning it up, again, it's just a matter of things kind of clicking at once and Right now, obviously, when you win 11 games in a row, you're doing a lot of things right. And we're kind of seeing what this team – and this team has not peaked, uh, you know, for sure. I mean, Acuna mentioned that 
last night. They're like, oh, we still have, you know, we still have a lot of room to grow, and he's right. But the fact that they're able to win these games and put it together and that they're beating teams they should beat, it's all extremely encouraging. Do you believe in a World Series and or Freddie Freeman hangover? No. I mean, I guess you could believe – I would buy the World Series one a little bit more because, you know, we've kind of – We've kind of seen over the years some of these teams kind of start out slower. We've seen it, you know, with the Super Bowl champ. We, you know, we've seen it with uh, with different teams in sports. And sometimes guys are, you know, feeling themselves a good bit. And I'm not saying that was the case with this team. I think that uh, there was a lot of areas. I mean, some of they were hitting the ball ridiculously hard, and it wasn't translating. And it's stuff like that that it just has nothing to do with it. You know, people ask me about Freddie all the time, and I, I think certainly there was an adjustment period when you lose the leader, you know, your clubhouse leader and what he meant to this team. I, I don't want to act like there isn't. There's no way to measure that. Uh, there's no way to measure that on the field, certainly. And that wasn't making them strike out with runners in scoring position, right? Um, that I mean, that wasn't leading to Charlie Morton struggling the way he was and or way he has. So there's a lot of different factors. You know, when a team underachieves the way that this one was, People are going to point to a lot of things, and I think it's only natural to point to the Freddie storyline. And again, um, I think that you know it is a factor, uh, but I don't know how much, and I wouldn't overrate it or act like it was you know causing the team to play poorly or anything. I think that's I mean that's ludicrous to even suggest, to be honest. But yeah, I mean a little a little of a hangover, a little bit of an adjustment period with some different guys. I mean, yeah, sure, it goes into everything. But the bottom line was that the team was not playing up to its capabilities, and now we are seeing that, and we're seeing the results. We're recording this late Sunday afternoon, so the Mets have not played yet, but the Braves have already sawed off five and a half games off the lead in the division during this two-week stretch. How much does this thing and what the Phillies are doing kind of change the dynamic in the East now? I think it changes it greatly um, because, again, this was a team, the Mets were very comfortably ahead. And if they could have kept that cushion uh, going in, you know, you're going into July with, you know, I don't know if they were going to keep the 10-and-a-half cushion. Maybe they could have, maybe they could have uh, you know, made it even more. Um, but they had some injuries, and they kind of – their pace has fallen back a tad – so I think it certainly changed the dynamic of the NL East. You look up, the NL East is one of two divisions, I believe, where four teams have a positive run differential because even Miami does. So Miami is a, obviously a, you know, they're not good, but they're at least competitive enough to kind of give some teams fits. So They're at least trying. Yeah, yeah. When you have pitching like they do, I mean, naturally that's going to keep you in some games, and we've seen it, you know, against the Braves for sure. The, I think the Mets are still the favorites. Uh, the Mets, obviously, uh, they have a great team. I think they have a great manager, and they've got two Cy Young-worthy uh, pitchers coming back, so that's obviously a big deal. But certainly, you know what? The Braves have owned this division the last four years. The Braves are the defending champs, and it, I don't think it would surprise anyone if they ended up catching them. And to be ten and a half games back and uh, and end up you know, winning the East, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but if that were to happen – uh, that's just another kind of feather in this team's cap when it comes to uh, coming back from poor starts or uh, unideal conditions. So I think this I, – I mean, we'll see about the Phillies. I mean, they won nine in a row, but, I mean, they're 30 and 30. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I take them as seriously as I do the other two teams. But I think the, 
race between the Braves and Mets is going to be really fun to watch this summer. I was mildly surprised to read this when the Braves put it out, but Atlanta has never overcome a 10.5 game deficit to win the division before. Their largest margin was 10 games in 1993. Well, I mean, we all kind of had them buried last July. So <laughs> yeah. uh, th- this team, uh, it wouldn't be the first time that they've beaten the odds. So, I mean, again, if there's a team that's capable of doing it, already seeing how quickly they've closed this gap, this team is certainly – that doesn't mean it's going to happen, but they're certainly capable of doing it. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love – and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership, starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. The Braves Report is brought to you by Kroger, and you don't need me to tell you how out of hand the experience at the gas pump is getting at the moment, but I can tell you about something that may be able to help a little bit, becoming a Kroger Boost member, because Kroger Boost members get two times the fuel points, plus free deliveries on Kroger groceries, so you save money on gas, and you get time back by not having to stand in line to check out. Plus, you get more benefits as well, and more savings for as little as 59 bucks a year. So go to Kroger.com slash boost to enroll. That is Kroger.com slash boost. Maybe the biggest part of this Braves run is the full Ronald Acuna experience now, and we got we got a big taste of that on Saturday with him scoring from first base on a Dansby Swanson bloop. Anytime I'm on the bases, I just try to anticipate the play that's going to happen, and I, I have in my mind that if it goes to certain spots, you know, I'm going to be able to score from there. So um, I anticipated that, that being one of the scenarios, and so it was in my mind that I was going to be able to score from there. And um, as, as it was turning out, you know, I knew I would have a good chance too, so... Um, it was just kind of something that I, I always prepare to do, and I'm always kind of uh, anticipating. Um, but I'll definitely I'll, I'll pay attention to Wash next time he puts that hand up. I was thinking it's like Wash was trying to hold him. I said he didn't even see Wash. <laughs> he didn't even realize he was there. I mean, he was just flying, you know. And it play like that, you know, it does. It kind of shocks the defense because they don't expect it on a ball like that. But I mean, I know as soon as that ball was hit, he was. Like, even in fourth gear, as soon as it was hit. I'm totally fascinated by this play. I wasn't able to see it live, but I did see you tweet about it, and you said, you know, three runs score on a single. Like, okay, I guess Dansby fell down. How did that happen? What was it like watching that from the press box and seeing the whole thing play out? Yeah, you know, Snit said uh, that kind of shocks the defense. Uh, I suppose with Acuna, it shouldn't at this point. He's, uh, I mean, he's just a, he's just so much fun to watch you know as a just as if you're a neutral observer obviously if you're a fan even if you're a you know Phillies or Mets fan you can't you know deny how exciting this kid is and it's it's so good for the game obviously baseball is at a fragile point and it's been trying to connect a lot with the younger audience and I think guys like Acuna who you know they're themselves and they play the game with such passion and joy and they make so many of these just um just things like that, just flying around the bases like that. And, you know, doing the LeBron celebration on the home run. And just the, the way that he plays the game is just so fun and it's so appealing. Um, I, I just – I really think that, you know, baseball should be thrilled to have a guy like this. And we see it with Tatis and there's some other guys who, who you know, have who are like this too. But um, it's just another – I mean, I'm not – I don't want to say I'm numb to it, but, like, there's not much that Ronald could do at this point that would just 
surprise me. And, and I think that, that he's he's just a must-watch every time you have the opportunity to see him step up. And, and uh, you know, that's really – honestly, that's about the best compliment that you can give a player. Uh, it's just he's must-watch and you just want to tune in every time he's up there because he's going to do something that's just uh, fun and entertaining. And, you know, again, that's great for a sport that needs it. Snit had some pretty high compliments too. I, I don't know that I've seen anybody like that in my time and and being with them, you know, and I've seen a bunch of Hall of Famers that that are great players and some that aren't Hall of Famers that are knocking on the door that where you just go, wow. And this, but this kid's, he's almost even on a different level, I think. I mean, what he can do and just the, 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 the tool thing is just crazy. And like I said, it's, I don't know that he might not be faster. I don't know that I haven't looked at and I don't care to that sprint, whatever that stuff they look at with how fast you run. It can't, I mean, it might be quicker than it was before the accident. So, um, no, you look just total package. It's probably as good as I've in my time that I've seen. Snickers had a lot of obviously high praise for uh, Ronald since he is, since he got called up a few years ago, but I think that's, that may be the highest he's ever given him, at least that I've heard. Yeah, that's a hell of a compliment. Uh, Snit has been around this organization. Obviously, he's seen all the all of the really special talents who have come through here, and there have been a lot of them, uh, pitching and position player-wise. And uh, For Snit to speak this way uh, about somebody who's still really, uh, really young in his career, uh, you don't really think of it that way, obviously. But, I mean, for him to be as young as he is and to have so much career left ahead of him uh, – you know, it's obvious. It's not crazy to say we're looking at a guy who's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. And, you know, just obviously any time that you say that, uh, you have a really special player on your hands. So the Braves, Braves are in a pretty good spot having a guy like Acuna to anchor, to, to anchor their lineup for the next decade. Is Michael Harris a special player? Yeah, sure seems that way. Uh, it's early. Uh, and we, that's how we always preface this stuff. But let's be honest. Um, we always say that it's an early thing to cover ourselves uh, if someone falls apart. But sometimes you just know somebody has it, right? Yeah. Uh, you can just look at somebody. Uh, it's the eye test. You just kind of know when someone is just – you know, we even saw it. We saw it a little bit with, like, even Ian Anderson. You know, when he made his first start, and he's up against Garrett Cole and the Yankees, and we saw what he was able to do. And then he beat the Red Sox in his second start. And you just kind of see, like, okay, this is a guy who can handle this. So with Michael Harris, he's just the way that he's able to impact the game in so many ways. He's going to provide so much value even when he's slumping, right? Even when the bat is, you know, is not there and he's going through it, he's still going to provide so much value. He's another guy. This team is loaded with guys who just bring energy, and that and it affects those around them. It affects the players they bring in. Um, it affects the team's culture. It affects the way that – you know, guys play, and he's another guy who really just totally fits the identity they have here. Um, it's a great story, a local guy. For him to come up from Double A and to be doing what he's doing so soon, um, you really you cannot say enough about it. All his teammates just glow about him. It seems like he's fit right in. He belongs. We don't. Uh, he didn't need Triple A. Okay, I think we can yeah. all agree on that. That was a, that would have been a waste of everybody's time. He didn't need that. He's ready. He's ready to go. He's going to be in center field the rest of this season. 
and he's going to be in center field for years to come because he deserves it. So, again, it sometimes it just doesn't take that big of a sample size for you to just feel comfortable saying, like, this guy's got it. And I think that Michael Harris is a really special player, and I think that he's going to be part of this team for a long time, and he's going to be somebody that uh, people are wearing jerseys, you know, wearing his jersey, and he'll, he'll be uh, marketed a lot, of course, as an Atlanta kid. And good for him. It's it's a cool story. He seems like a great guy, and uh, he's going to be a big help for this team this year moving forward. In three forty one during the winning streak, and the Braves are twelve and three since he's been called up. And it, it's almost kind of shocking when you go back like what a month and you look at the Braves outfield when they really didn't have one, and now you see this group with Acuna, Harris, and Duvall. It's like, all right, that's a championship outfield right there. Yeah, I mean, he again, he's yeah, he's he's helped them out of need too. It's it's not like, uh, I mean, they needed him basically, and he's delivered for him. So it's not like he's come up in kind of luxury spot. And he did, and again, like we kind of take this for granted because this team's been good these last few years. But he's not coming up, and he's not playing for like the freaking Pirates or something. You know, I mean, this isn't a come get your reps while we lose a hundred games. This is a come help us freaking win a World Series. And I think he's a guy who can do that for them. Um, we his some of the, the way he plays the outfield. You know, we're talking about the entertainment value that Acuna provides. Uh, Harris is another guy who's fun to watch, and the Braves have had a lot of fun outfielders over the years. But having Acuna and Harris out there together for the long term, I mean, that's if you're a Braves fan, you have to be really excited about that. And Harris's arrival certainly coincides with Adam Duvall getting hot as well. He's had four home runs this week, two on Sunday. He only had two this season before this week began. And Justin caught up with him before he stepped away for the weekend and asked Duvall how he's turning it around. Any noticeable mechanical adjustment you made or that you feel is just kind of like you're yeah, I mean, about it's just, I mean, it's just kind of coming into myself and just like, uh, you know, I mean, we work on a lot of things in the cage and, um, you know, it's about taking that to the game, which is the hardest part. You know, when it's a controlled environment and you're working on things, it's a little easier than when, you know, you add variability, right. change of speeds, uh, you know, different uh, scenarios with runners on base. And, you know, so um, just being able to take that from the cage to the game was, was awesome. I, uh, I was looking through your baseball spot stuff like a, a few weeks ago, and it couldn't really, like, the, the strikeout rate seemed the same and, like, the hard hit rate seemed, I couldn't really find anything that would, yeah. would say. Did you just feel like it was kind of a matter of time in, in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I tend to start off slow every year for some reason, uh, unwanted, but, uh, I, I, you know, I've normally gotten it going a little bit sooner than this year, but, I, yeah, I mean, I felt like eventually... <coughs> It's going to click. It's going to come together. It's going to, um, you know, it's always a work in progress. So, uh, you know, but yeah, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like I just forgot to hit overnight. Uh, forgot how to hit overnight. So, uh, yeah, I had the confidence that it was eventually going to come around. Adams is just such a useful player. He's never going to have a high batting average, but the, the combination of power and his hot streak and pretty decent speed and a good outfielder, it's just, just so valuable guy to have yeah exactly like his you know his floor when you're able to you know provide the threat of power and you're able to play solid defense I mean that right there you know makes you a quality player and 
and he's a guy too. I mean, Atlanta's just been a—it's a, just been a really good fit for him. You know, everyone was saying they shouldn't have let him go when he went to Miami, and then he tormented them uh, when they had to face him, and they end up getting him back for Alex Jackson of all people. Um, so you, <laughs> made, you traded you traded nothing to get him, and you, you know he's you know helping he helps you win a World Series. Uh, it's a great story. He's a favorite of Snit. Snit loves him. Snit was talking today about what a hard worker he is. Sometimes he works too hard, and that's why it makes me so happy to see him succeed. And Adam's just a great guy. He, he really is. So, you know, when you talk about, you know, rooting for people, I mean, he's just, he's a guy that everyone should be rooting for. Just a good dude. You wrote earlier this week on AJC.com slash sports, taking a look ahead to who may be representing the Braves in the All-Star game. We're about a month away from that now. And the quote of the week may come from Spencer Strider on Friday, talking about Dansby Swanson's defense. Dansby, Dansby oof, you know, when he made that play, I, I, I had some flutters for sure. Um, I see what the women see in him. I have nothing to add to that. But it is slightly surprising. I would not have predicted that Dansby Swanson coming into this point in the season will be leading the Braves in war. Is he their top candidate to make the All-Star team? He's one of them. Uh, they've, got, they've got a few. I think that Max Freed and Kyle Wright are certainly in the conversation. Uh, the Braves haven't had two All-Star starters, I think, in about 22 years. So it would be, you know, it would be cool for them to have those two guys. Who, you know, obviously Max is Max is an ace, and you know, you're happy for Kyle, and he's coming to his own this year. And Dansby, I mean, he starts the season slow. Now he's this is a good time to have a year like this, right? It's a contract year. Sure. Uh, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, he's gonna, you know, if this keeps up, then he'll he'll be compensated accordingly. Uh, so he he could be earning his first All Star appearance. Um, they've got, I mean, they've got multiple guys. I mean, even like even William Contreras, you know, he's on the ballot as a DH. And if Harper wasn't on there, you know, you'd have better odds. Uh, there's just a lot. Uh, they're they're in a pretty good spot. They're going to have multiple All Stars for. Uh, for Snit to manage, and I think that one guy who should, we'll see if he is, but one guy who should is A.J. Minter. Uh, he's having a great season. He's been the best pitcher in their bullpen, and, you know, I was talking to him today, and I asked him about uh, what he thought of hearing his name and mentioned in, you know, with the All-Star game, and he basically said, I, I can't even fathom it. I can't believe it. Um, so he's a, he's a humble guy. He's a good guy, and I, I think, you know, assuming that this keeps up, he would certainly be, a, you know, among their top deserving candidates. That's now 20 innings in a row now where Minter has not given up an earned run. His ERA is just barely above one. How hard is it, though, for a non-closer to make the All-Star team? Yeah, I mean, it can be. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll have to, again, it's one of those things you have to sit down and kind of look at the landscape of the National League. But I would, I just think that Minter has been quite possibly the most you know, dominant reliever in the NL at this point and you know to have him in to have him in the all-star game with and you know snip managing him i think that'd be pretty cool but uh, you know <laughs> tyler matzek had a line about if uh he said he basically told us that if uh, aj doesn't make the all-star game then it's a popularity contest and you know he kind of said you guys can print that so you know his teammates uh, his teammates are vouching for him he's been a huge part of their success and you know they certainly appreciate him, even if he doesn't end up in the All-Star game. But they're going – I mean, they're going to have multiple guys. And, and I think one of the top kind of storylines to watch there is whether they're going to have two starters because that would be a – I mean, obviously that would be a huge achievement uh, to have two guys out of your rotation make the All-Star game. 
And we really do thank everybody for taking the time to listen to this podcast, which obviously means you're a fan of the Braves. And if you're not subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, now that is what really powers our journalism here, but if you're not subscribing to the AJC, we do have a special offer for Braves fans. We call it our season pass, and it is half off our regular offer. So you get unlimited digital access to the AJC for just $39.99 for the next eight months. That's $125 a week. So if you want to join the community, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass so you always know what's really going on. Now let's take a quick look at what is up next for the Braves, and they'll have three games in Washington against the Nationals starting on Monday. Ian Anderson against Josiah Gray. Then Max Fried will get Steven Strasburg, and then Spencer Strider will take on Eric Fetty. And then the Braves will get Thursday off, and they'll have three with the Cubs on Friday. And Gabe, I mean, this could be another really big week because these two teams are kind of bad too. Yeah, I mean, they, they're not any good. Uh, just a couple – just a couple more just uh, just sad rebuilding franchises. Uh, they, I'm really excited for the next homestand because the Braves are going to play the Giants and Dodgers, and it's going to be refreshing to kind of see real teams again too, um, to see that, I should say, to see them play real teams again. Uh, so this is certainly, again, this is an opportunity. Like, it's a lot to ask, you know, to win 17 in a row. Um, but, you know, they should, have a, they should have a winning road trip here. I mean, they should win both of these series. These are two teams that just uh, – the Cubs lost, I think, 18-4 to four today, and, and we know the Nationals aren't any good. So this is a, just another opportunity to keep kind of, you know, to keep stacking wins and, um, and keep building on this, uh, this great momentum that you have here. Uh, we're not going to let the uh, mailbag segment go to waste, even though Justin is out for the weekend. So we'll call it Ask Gabe instead of Ask Justin, and we will start with Jim Young, who uh, wonders, uh, well, since Justin's not here, if this win streak ends this week, we will know who to point the finger at. And he's talking about you. Uh, well, um, actually, we should give you credit because we knew you were going to be on this week. And when Justin and I have been here on Sundays, we haven't really, the Braves are like one in six on Sundays. So maybe, maybe you're actually the good luck charm instead of the other way around. Hey, look, all I'm going to say is this, in my time as the full-time beat writer, they went four for four in division titles. That's good. Won their first postseason series in 19 years and won the world series. I don't think I'm your problem. <laughs> no, but really, no, but really. That's I mean, Gabe's again, hot take like, for the day. No, no, again, like uh, credit, man. This is uh, credit to the team and the way they're playing, man. They're rolling, and like we just said, they're gonna they're gonna rack up uh, they're gonna rack up a lot more wins on this road trip here. I, I would, I'm thinking it's a six gamer. Uh, you know, uh, I, five and one sounds pretty pretty reasonable. A pretty good question from Tucker Seal, and there were several other people who asked uh, something similar to this. When Rosario returns, who will get more ABs between Eddie, Duvall, and Ozuna? Uh, well, that's to be determined. That's one of those situations, too, where you can just kind of see how everybody's playing because I, I don't, I don't want to get too much into the Rosario thing because we have zero idea how he's going to look when he gets back. Like we, I mean, that's just – I mean, honestly, it's a total unknown because – his issue, obviously the eye issue, is just not really something that, you know, we truly know about um, and know how a guy will come back from. So I kind of, you know, I know this is kind of the lame answer, but it's one of those just wait and see, and they're, you know, we'll kind of, they'll go with the hot hand and, and see what's happening there. And again, look at how Duvall's playing right now. Is that to say that Duvall, you know, when Rosario comes back, is he going to be playing this way? We'll see. So... The, the main takeaway here is the fact that this team is deep enough that they have options, 
and they, you know, they're afforded this luxury, which is obviously it's a great spot to be in. Next up from at HawksFan3344. And I hope you're subscribing to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution there, Hawks fan. If you're Alex Anthopoulos, would you be looking to add or improve anywhere at the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, well, Alex is Alex is always working the phone, so he's he's definitely that. I mean, there I would bet like everything the Braves make a trade. Uh, is it going to be a splashy kind of move? I don't know. Like, were any of those moves last year that splashy? <laughs> you know, I mean, was Jock Peterson is that considered a splash? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I certainly think I think they're going to be involved in. Uh, they're going to be involved in everything. I can certainly see them, you know, will they look at getting another starter? We'll see about, you know, Strider if you, you know, we'll see how he's he's performing. Is it a situation where you do want, if Charlie Morton can't really find himself, then, the you know, the need kind of increases. You know, you could have a situation where you, you're, you're going to have Strider in the bullpen come October. Uh, teams are always looking for relievers. It doesn't matter how good your bullpen is. Uh Teams are always looking for depth, you know, help, you know, bench. They, the Braves have always kind of added to their bench uh, midseason. You know, you could even, you know, in, or in waivers. I mean, they've always, you know, you have a guy like a Hechevarria, Billy Hamilton. You know, you've always uh, – Lucas Duda was one of the guys. Obviously, everything that happened last year. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if something happened there. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to make a move. They're going to they're be aggressive. And I would imagine the Mets are going to be extremely aggressive too. And, you know, the Braves, you know, I've asked Alex this before about reacting to, you know, how, what other, you know, teams in your division are doing. And he says, you know, that doesn't really factor into it. You have to focus on yourself and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I don't know. This is I don't think this is going to be a particularly great deadline. I might eat my words here if, like, some guys that we don't expect show up. But, I mean, Boston's winning now. I think, you know, Luis Castillo and Frankie Montas are probably the two best guys, both starters, that we're going to see moved. Uh, so, you know, not – I don't think it's going to be a particularly sexy deadline, but at the same time, you know, the Braves have proven that they can go out and they can get guys that, you know, are not big names. But, you know, you get a Jorge Soler, you get an Adam Duvall, you get a Jock Peterson, you get an Eddie Rosario. Those kind of guys made all the difference for me a year ago. This is from at Briar SWT. Any chatter about an extension for Dansby? Yeah, this is going to be something that uh, we, you know, we've talked about. It's something we've talked about. Some people are going to continue to talk about. At this point, with Dansby having the season he's having, it's probably in his best interest to just take this to the market uh, if he's looking to maximize, you know, his earning potential. And the Braves, I mean, they wanted to see. Uh, they wanted to see what Dansby could do this year. Uh, I, obviously, the Braves weren't like gung ho about committing to him. Whether you know whether you agree with that or not, uh, you know the proof is in the pudding here. There's not an extension done, so it just seemed logical for both sides to kind of wait and see how this year's gone. And obviously, Dansby this year couldn't be going much better for him at this point. Yeah. So we'll you know again we'll see. Uh, I, I'll never say never because Dansby's a guy I think we we would all assume would really like to stay here over the long haul. Uh, but I would expect this thing to go into the off season. And Jay Busby's becoming a friend of the podcast, asking a very pointed questions, mostly about food. How many of the guys on the roster like soft tacos, and how many of them like hard tacos? And I'm going to assume he's meaning the roster of the Braves Report podcast. So, uh, how many of the guys on this show like hard tacos and soft tacos? <laughs> yeah, I like both of them, man. I can eat either. I, uh, it's a cop out, but 
uh, when I was younger, I was bigger on soft. Now, you know, I'm bigger on you know, I'm bigger on the harder tacos. So, uh, yeah, I was about to say he's talking about the Braves Clubhouse. You know, that's that's a, some investigative journalism to do there. Pop in there and start talking to guys about what kind of tacos they like. Stand by. We may follow up on that um, <laughs> in, a, in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I do not discriminate against a taco shell. Um, I, w- I will take anyone that is put in front of me. All right, so we'll wrap it up here with our winners of the week. And, uh, Gabe, you can go first. A few winners. Uh, Michael Harris, of course. Uh, this was the first full homestand for him. He hit 330. <laughs> Pretty good. Nice yep. little uh, first full homestand for him. Uh, you know, I think Ozzy is a winner just having a couple, you know, hitting a grand slam and having a couple home runs and a few games stretch here to, you know, kind of remind people of the power he has. Not that anyone forgot, but it hadn't been there for 40 games, which was really weird. And you know what? I'm sure that you guys have brought this up on previous shows, but winner, like, Truist Park and the Braves are a big winner. Um, doing this job, I've seen the majority of ballparks in America. I've seen all of them in the NL. And the atmosphere that has been created here and winning you know, winning the World Series helps quite a bit. But the yes, atmosphere they have here, uh, they have, they're up to 15 sellouts now, had 40,000 the last couple nights, had 35,000 today. They have been in um, – they're on a tear. And the fans are loving it. It's become like the place to be. Uh, in Atlanta, it's just been really cool to see like how much the and uh, the communities always love the Braves. That's always been a big deal. Attendance has always been good when the team is good, but this has really just gone up to another level uh, that I can't remember it ever being like. So I mean, those I mean, just the Braves and Truist Park. That's and the way that people care. Like Braves fans have a team here that really cares and. I'm sorry, but look, you, you know, you watch teams like Oakland and Pittsburgh, and I mean, that's depressing. Could you imagine, like, being a fan of those teams? Or from our perspective, covering those teams? Like, I mean, I mean it's just dreadful. And there's too many teams in baseball that just the ownerships, the, the owners don't care. They're not investing in the team. These empty stadiums all over. Like, I mean, it's, it's pathetic. It's sad. As someone who loves MLB, loves the sport, I, I, I really hate that this is the case. Um, I wish the CBA, you know, after all that bickering, had done a better job addressing some of this. But that's not the case here. <laughs> it's the opposite yeah. here. Baseball is flourishing in Atlanta. The team is flourishing. The team is making money, and the team is spending money. And, you know, for fans, uh, you know, this is all that they can ask for, and we're seeing that reflected in the readership and the way that fans consume uh, baseball. I know football is – you know, the first love of most people in the South, but, you know, the Braves have always been right there, too, and we're seeing it. It's, it's just, again, as someone who's – I've lived in Georgia all 28 years of my life, uh, it's, just, it's just been really cool to see the way that everyone's kind of rallied around, you know, what this team is accomplishing. So, you know, just big winners is the fans and, you know, the truest park and uh, baseball in Atlanta. Mine is not nearly as well thought out as the, uh, that one, or, or as eloquent as that one. But I'll go with uh, Jesse Chavez, Alex Anthopoulos' first trade of the season, and it gets uh, Sean Newcomb, and all of a sudden Jesse Chavez, for some reason, he gets the magic magic pill when he steps into Truist Park, and now he's got an ERA below two as a Brave and pitching some big uh, big innings again. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's been a huge help for them and a beloved guy in the clubhouse. Uh, he and Darren O'Day both, uh, two guys that have been around a long time, and uh, they're loved by teammates, and they help the younger guys, and, they, you know, that's uh, that's part of their value as well. 
All right, that'll do it here for this episode. Uh, if you have not done so, please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. Uh, this really does help us grow the show. So if, uh, if you like what you're hearing, please uh, please give us a good rating and give us a good review. If you don't like what you're hearing, uh, tell us how we can improve. Uh, and hopefully we can improve by having Gabe on more often. So uh, thanks, buddy, for stepping in, and we'll talk to you again next time. Yeah, sure thing. And that's the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.